Hi guys. Oh my God. I feel so awkward because I'm not in my room. I'm officially and finally in a podcast studio. I know I've been saying for like probably two months that we were going to do a studio, but I was waiting till we monetized and like we have the contract. So like we're monetizing, but like we haven't made any money yet. So like share the episode with your friends. <laughs> like Maybe stay tuned for ad reads in the next few weeks, but not today. Today we're just trying out the studio for the first time. I'm here with my lovely assistant that I don't even know if I told you guys about her yet because it's been so long. Um, so she's here and we are just going to get into the episode. I know that you guys know the episodes about friendships and friends today and all that good stuff and we're going to get there. But obviously I'm going to start with the weekly slash like mm, it might be two weeks recap okay so I just got back from Austin um and it was wild I was there with prime video I think I was telling you guys right before I left that I was going there and yeah it was it was crazy I the only thing I can compare an influencer brand sponsored trip to is an eighth grade field trip like uh, like complete with the literal chaperones like the first night we were there we didn't have any like we didn't have any like scheduled events. So myself and Bran, he's Bran Flakes on TikTok. He's big on the Philly TikTok. You should definitely look into him. He's so fun. We decided to go out because we were like, we're on this trip. Like, why the hell not? So we go out and we text in the group chat to the other people on the trip. We're like, everyone should come with us. And nobody responds except for like one of the people working for the PR agency who brought us on the trip, who is basically the liaison between like Amazon and like Prime Video and then us. And he comes out with us. So like imagine an eighth grade field trip, but all the chaperones can like low-key drink when they're not on the job. And then so we had all these plans, this huge packed schedule on Friday, and we go to this brunch and like right off the bat, people are ordering shots like it is a crazy moment and like I I like get like hazed into taking two tequila shots hazed like obviously I wanted to and so we take tequila shots and we think that we're going like for the rest of the day now to like do all these activities and like make content for prime video well there was like this wind advisory that I don't even know like if I even saw wind but prime video cancels everything but I think that they felt bad because they had like brought us all there so they were like we're just going to bring them to like bars. So they brought us to these bars and we like played Jenga. And then I went shopping for a bit and then we went to parties and it was nuts. And then unfortunately, Saturday, I was supposed to rent a car and drive to Waco and meet Drew Barrymore. Her team had her out there filming something and they asked me to come. But because of the way things shook out on Friday with the cancellations from Prime Video, everything got pushed to Saturday and there was just no shot I could meet her, which was like low key devastating. Like I was so upset. But also, like, all's well that ends well. Like, I, her team was so nice to me. And they were like, dude, there's a bigger reason for this. Like, you weren't meant to be here today. Like, there's better things for you and Drew. I hope that they're right. So that was the trip. It was so fun. I'm glad to be back. Um, but it feels like I'm not even back for so long because tomorrow I'm going to Jersey. I'm getting my nipple surgery. I think I told you guys about that. Oh, shit. I just – this is, like, really official. I just touched the mic and I'm like – Fuck, is it going to sound weird? <laughs> anyway, um, I am going home to Jersey tomorrow and my mom just like wants me to rest before my surgery. You know how moms can be. She's like, you need to be out of harm's way. So I'm just going to sit at home alone because my other dog died last week. So now there's no dogs at the house either. So it's just like me by myself because my parents are out of town. So I, I, I literally don't know what I'm going to do other than vibe. I'll probably make you guys like some content. Um, like home content on TikTok. But my surgery is Monday at 1 p.m. Send me good vibes. I don't know when you're listening to this, but send good vibes Monday at 1. I should be done Monday by 3. Unfortunately, there's a bunch of stuff in the city happening next week that I just don't think I'm going to get to. I'm hoping to be back 
by Friday and because I have an important lunch. And then on Saturday, I got invited to a Patron tasting. It's so cool. I'm going to bring my parents. I love bringing them to things. So I'm really excited about that. And that's pretty much like the next week. And then I basically come back to the city. I have like a week and a half here. And then I get ready to leave for Barcelona and London. I can't even believe that that's happening because my brain can't handle that, especially when we're like this close to closing the book, this close to like the surgery, just coming off South by Southwest trip. Like there's just so much going on, but so grateful. Also, everyone's like, would you really move to Austin? Blah, 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 blah. So I was saying that like fucking yes. Like my boyfriend's from Texas. If that man and I are going to be together and he wants to live in Texas, I'm living in Austin. He can commute to me if he doesn't want to. I'm serious, but not for like two or three years. Like I'm currently a New York girl and I'm staying here till 2025. Like I think that's definitely going to be my threshold. Like, I want to live out my New York moment. But I've always said that my dream is to write books and teach creative writing at a major university. And it kind of just feels right. Like, Austin has, like, every day feels like spring, which is so my vibe. They have great running, great outdoor energy, great Mexican food, great tequila. Literally, the tequila, like, there are, like, some tequilas that, like, Don Julio's grandson made that are, like, low-key top-shelf tequilas that they just have there because they make it, like, in Mexico slash also sometimes they make it in Texas or they like get it right to Texas. I don't even know how they like it's only available there. It's called Lalo. It's so good. Lalo tequila. Get it. And I was drinking Marg's for $10 with Lalo tequila. Where in New York, if I wanted that tequila, I would have to have it imported here from Texas because they only sell it in Texas. Like Texas, other than their abortion politics, is my shit. And I feel like I'm going to go there and stir some shit up and like get angry about the abortion politics and live in Austin And we're going to live happily ever after there. Anyways, that's probably not going to happen for a few years, though. So don't set your sights on it if you're from there. So I also have been feeling like so exhausted and burnt out. But I am trying to like take the proper, you know, means to not have a breakdown. Like I even tell my therapist all the time. I'm like the reason that I go to therapy isn't because I have like an anxiety attack a day. It's because I need to mitigate that. Like I need to make sure that doesn't happen because I don't have time for that to like be like taking up my space. And sometimes it does and that's fine. But I've been like staying in bed till nine and like taking it really slow and trying to just like set aside time for just myself and like not over schedule myself, which is something I'm so prone to doing. So I'm glad that I have like all of that I have the allowance to do all of that because it has just been so much and like so much going on. And I kind of am excited to be bedridden for two days because I think it's going to give me the chance to like truly exhale. And that's like so sad. But I feel like a lot of us who work a lot and obviously my job isn't as hard as many people's jobs, but I work a lot. I feel like a lot of us who work this much we are like excited to get a surgery because it means that someone else can just take care of us for like two days and that you can like answer your DMs and like you have no reason to get up. So that's going to be great. I am having like so much stress because like I got invited to a couple events Wednesday, but my surgery is Monday and it's not like it's Monday 8 a.m. where I think I would feel like, okay, by Wednesday, I could definitely like go in and do these events and like lay low. It's like Monday 1 p.m. So like by the time I'm fully discharged from the hospital, it's going to be like four or five. That kind of sucks because like that's not a recovery day anymore. That's like like if it was at 8 a.m. and I was discharged by 11, that's like a that that's a full day to recover. So I'm kind of like grappling with that. But like it is what it is. It's going to be so much better for like wearing tops in Europe is what I'm telling myself. Like that is the goal. 
that is that is what I'm looking to attain in the near future. So that's all the updates I have, and I'm sure I have more, but like this episode today and the topic I think is so important that I really want to get into it because you guys gave me so many good questions and like I have such a good kind of like outline for what I want to talk about. Um, And I think like I was talking to a lot of creators at South By and we were talking a lot about socializing and friends and going out and it was interesting because they shared my same feelings that I was afraid nobody else felt. And now I'm really excited to share those guys, those feelings with you guys. But I want to start how I always start, like talking about my journey with friendship and like how I look at friends. So in high school, I went to a public high school in New Jersey, but it was pretty small. And I don't know, like, I don't know what's relative, but my high school had like 280 kids a grade and everyone knew each other. Um, and it was just nine to 12. And then our middle schools. So my town is one square mile in length in Jersey where I grew up. So the two middle schools from my town and the town over shared a high school. So if you can imagine, like my middle school had like 120 kids in my grade. And most of them came with us to the public high school because it was a great high school. So basically like in eighth grade, I think we started to like formulate a friend group between like my friends from my middle school and like another group of girls that were like similar quote social standing unquote from the other middle school. And the other middle school was just, like, randomly more advanced, and they had a lot of guy friends, and we kind of had this, like, awkward group of guy friends, and we kind of, like, formed this, like, mega group pretty early on in high school, where it was, like, I would say literally 25 girls, and we had a big group chat, and, like, it was notorious in our grade in high school, throughout high school, the group chat, and people would get, like, booted from the group chat, people would get added, and, like, if you were added, it was, like, a whole thing, and people, and this was, like, right when group chats were, like, getting hot, I don't, like, I know some of you guys are younger than me like in eighth grade and ninth grade was like when group chatting like started to become a thing and I remember there was like a girl who didn't have an iPhone and like she couldn't be in the group chat and she would always get excluded and then there was like you know there was like girls that would be like in the group chat sometimes but then they would leave and like there was a lot of there was a lot of like the leaving and adding but anyways this group chat was like notorious and that was like the friend group and I think the problem with this was that somebody was always getting left out because there's no way to invite 25 people to everything so naturally you get closer to certain people so we had like our own little intimate more intimate smaller groups and then what would happen was somebody would have a big party and they would like leave out one of the intimate smaller groups and like it always just happened to be mine and I think a lot of the reason was I was this way in high school and college I didn't do a lot of the activities that my friends did so my big friend group of 25 girls only one of them did the drama club stuff with me and everybody else didn't and then I on top of that did outside theater so I was always in a show so like when I wasn't at play rehearsal every day I was at outside theater rehearsal where not one person from my high school did that stuff And I ran cross country and track. And I think only two girls in that big group chat did those sports. So a lot of them were like dating other guys in like other activities and like doing other activities. So I was already sort of like ostracized in that way. Plus, I was introverted. And I'm going to get into this. But like, I think that I thought that I was supposed to be in that group chat getting invited to everything. But it was also okay that I didn't even want to be. But I wasn't allowed to say like, I don't want to go to parties. Like I don't like parties. Like that made me weird. That made me antisocial, whatever. Um, But it always just turned out that my friend group would be the friend group, like my little friend group would be the one that would get left out or like three of us would be the ones getting left out. And it really frustrated me because it would be like a big party where there was random people from other high schools and like girls in my own friend group group chat would be like, we couldn't invite you. Our mom said only X amount. And that's all bullshit. I never bought into that. And that was like my experience with a big friend group in high school. You know, I I was 
ups- I felt upset about being an introvert because like nobody could understand and like I didn't feel like social climbing you know I didn't feel like doing all of that and I think what was really great for me and I started getting away from the friend group our friend group had sort of like a massive dissolve at the end of our senior year like people were like hooking up with slash fucking other people's boyfriends and ex-boyfriends in the group chat because it was so big nobody could invite everybody anywhere nobody wants to go to the beach with 25 people I'm like that's a thing you do in my area because I'm from the shore like nobody like it wasn't working And like, I remember graduation, I got left out of the party that my friend group was all at. And I just sat at home. And I think that that was kind of a realization. And obviously, it was with my family and two other girls didn't get invited and they were with me. I think that was sort of a realization. Like, I don't care. Like, you guys don't want me around. And I don't want to be around people that don't want to be around me. And that summer, going into college, I did a musical outside of um, my like high school. I did it with an outside theater group. And all the ensemble members were my age. And I knew a lot of them from doing theater. One of them is my brother's girlfriend now, like clearly still in my life, a huge part of my life. And those people became like a family to me. And it, I, I didn't know the prophecy of go where you're wanted like yet. But it really for the first time felt like I was like truly wanted somewhere. And I spent the whole summer with them. So the show closed on my birthday and I didn't leave in for Michigan for another month. And like I spent my whole summer with them. I remember having a birthday party and like it was all of them plus like a handful of people from my high school. I think like four of whom or three of whom I still talk to today. But I don't have any friend group at home. And I'm not, again, I want to actually preface this whole episode by saying I'm not criticizing you if you have friends from home. Like if you, if that's your thing and you have a friend group, like my best friend, Allie, who we're going to get into, she has a friend group of girls from her high school. And like, those are her bridesmaids. Like those are her people. That was never a thing for me. And I'm like more so trying to say that it's okay if it's not a thing for you. But if it is a thing for you, that's great. But I think when I got to college, I so I go to college and I, I, you know, I had this friend group thing in high school and I told myself that I wanted to like replicate the sensation I had in high school where I was a theater girl and none of my friends did theater so I could separate. And I actually do think that's a really great thing. You know, if you have something as niche as what I did, which was theater, where you basically get engrossed in a high school of 200 kids in one department or program it's great to like not live with those people to branch out but I was like dead set on that like female friend group thing because I was used to it and I didn't even realize yet like all of the realizations that I'm telling you about high school are reflections I've had now like at this point in my life I hadn't realized that so I go there I join the sorority you guys know that story I had like freshman year friends in my hallway like one of whom was that girl that posted that Instagram story about me with the Dyson Airwrap like you guys know like these people aren't my friends anymore but I had these freshman year friends I get there and I join the sorority and I, you know, I didn't feel wanted there. I didn't feel right there. You guys know the whole story. And like, I never developed a friend group my freshman year. And at first I felt so freaked out. Like, I remember I had uh, my best friend, Veronica, who we'll get into. She visited my freshman year and then two of my other really good friends from high school visited. And I didn't have a lot of friends to like introduce them to. Like, I was like, I had so many acquaintances, but I wasn't doing theater stuff yet my freshman year of college. And I remember being so freaked out when people would visit and like the only like I would introduce them to like tons of people at parties and like we'd have little pregames with girls in my hall. But I remember being like kind of freaked out that like the only tangible person that I really had to introduce them to that was like a person that would be like on my Instagram page was Allie. Um, And I hadn't gotten my separate theater friends yet. So I was still trying to figure it out. And I remember being like so upset and freaked out. And then eventually like I keep going through college and I start going and doing theater stuff my sophomore year and I create this theater friend group and then I started writing for the newspaper and I created this newspaper friend group but 
nobody was friends with everybody. Like my theater friends were like my theater friends that I would go see shows with and work on projects with. And like we would go to theater parties. And then Allie was my best friend, like my pinnacle of my life. And then I had friends in class. I had friends when I worked on the newspaper, but I did not have a friend group. And I... I remember like being so anxious about like fall breaks and spring break trips and like all that bullshit being like, I, I don't have anyone to go to this with like in a group setting. Like I like will jump to senior year, but I remember like signing up for Vegas and I didn't end up going because it's not my style. It's like pay for it ask my parents to pay for something and then like black out and forget about it because I'm too socially anxious to be sober at like that pool setting like it's just not my vibe and I, again no criticism if it's yours but I remember being like us trying to sign up for that and then being like why would we like what friends are we going with to this like we don't have a big friend group here and I think it took me a little bit to get comfortable with that like I remember my sophomore year my freshman year spring break I just went home um, to my house and then my sophomore year spring break Allie and I with our friend Amanda who ended up leaving Michigan by the time she was still there we were all going to New York City to stay at my parents' um, apartment that they had in New York. And we had this friend, Josue, who was in the frat that we, like, frequented, who was mentioning to us drunk one night that he wasn't going to be able to afford the, like, uh, Puerto Vallarta trip. And so we were like, come with us to New York! And the next day we wake up to a flight. I swear to fucking God, this man books a flight. And we knew him, but we didn't know him that well. In my apartment that has one bedroom. Guys, like, this is the kind of thing that happens when you don't have a friend group. Like, weird shit. And it is, to this day, I, like, I have full body chills thinking about how funny this was. Like, it was absolutely insane like we had this like new york for five days in new york and we also went to my parents house like on the tail ends and it was just so funny like it was so funny like i can't even describe to you how hilarious this was like everything that happened like you can't make this shit up we don't like obviously i like am in touch with this man like i could contact him if i wanted to but i have not spoken to him in two years i haven't seen him since like he was a year older than us i don't know the last time i saw him i think he lives in georgia I hope he's well, but I swear to God, like, that's the kind of thing that I was dealing with in college. And my junior year, Allie and I lived with three random guys because Amanda had left school and we were trying to, like, figure out where we're going to live. And then our landlord was like, the only way Amanda can get out of the lease, which we obviously wanted her to be able to, so she didn't have to pay for it, was if you guys live with three random men. And again, best stories of my life. Like, I started to realize, like, it's about quality and not quantity like I I got so comfortable and happy like having my theater friends who are still so close to me and having Allie who's like the best friend in, in my life and like not needing the group and I think like letting go of that was so important I think I really I really I learned that the summer between my freshman and sophomore year I went back home because I was getting my breast reduction and I had kind of fallen out from my high school friends. Like, again, I had, like, five or so friends from high school. And there's there's no bad blood with me and anybody. But, like, we had, you know, gone our separate ways. So I go home. I take this, like, advertising internship in, like, a PR firm, like, very close to my house. And I bartend every night to make back, like, money so I can go to school with money. And so I wasn't really, like, seeing a lot of friends. Like, I was, you know, really friendly with the guy that I bartended with. I was hooking up with my ex-boyfriend. And so sometimes I would, like, pick him up and we would go out to a party. And then I was seeing my best friend, Veronica. I was seeing Kelly, who I live with now. And that was sort of it. And I was seeing my coworkers at my job. But, like, I realized that, like, being social for me was enough. Like, I liked all the people I was socializing with. At the end of the day, I got to go home to my family, and, like, sometimes Kelly and Veronica would come over and we fuck around. Like, you know, I have um, 
my other friends, Olivia, Gavin, Willis from high school, um, they would always be around and come over. Like, you know, it was, I didn't really feel the need to have that whole friend group anymore, even though like only a year had passed. Like I didn't feel the need to force myself into settings where like I didn't feel wanted or like maybe those people didn't want me around and slash like my priorities had shifted. And I had learned my freshman year of college, like through a lot of trial and error. And also it was really hard for me to realize that it was about quality and not quantity and how many friends I had. And then senior year, so junior year we're living with these like three random men and then senior year we're trying to figure out what to do and I like a bunch of theater people asked me to live together but like Allie was my soulmate I was like there's no way we're not living together and she got asked to live in a house with these girls from her freshman year who lived in our hall who needed to fill one bedroom at the time it was one bedroom and I was like fuck okay I'm just gonna let her go do that because like I could do this theater thing I cannot imagine if we didn't live together by the way that was a traumatic like two-week period but then they randomly had another room open up and it ended up being like three groups of best friends who had nowhere else to live for like whatever circumstances. So it was like this girl, Hannah and Audrey, who are best friends. And then this girl, Liv and um, Devin, and Devin is one of my best friends still, who were best friends than me and Allie. And so it was kind of interesting because it was like, we all had like separate friends, but we didn't have like one big friend group. We're doing like senior house. And that's how like all the drama happens. Like there was no drama in this living situation. First of all, everybody acknowledged that each one of us was closest to another person. I didn't even know Hannah, Audrey or Liv before coming to the house. I'd only ever known Devin. And Allie knew Hannah and Audrey, but she didn't know Devin and Liv. So like we all got to know each other by living together in this like shithole of a house. And we made this like friend group of amazing memories. And again, I don't even talk to all of them anymore. Still don't. But like it, I, it was the best thing I could have ever asked for for my senior year of college. So that's, you know, that's what we did. And that's and that's what happened. And then we get to post-grad and we get sent home from that situation. And so I was going to stay because I was like, I was hooking up with this guy who lived right down my street and he was going to stay. And then Allie was like, I'm going home because I'm afraid that the Arizona borders might close. It's weird with Arizona. She's like, I just, I'm worried I'm going to go. So she goes and I'm like, I'll stay if everybody else stays. And then the only person that was going to stay was the girl that I was least close with in the house. And she had a boyfriend and that's why she was staying. So it's like, if I stay, I'm just going to be third wheeling them. So I left too. So we get sent home and I think it really naturally showed us who our real friends were because it was like about who we kept in touch with. Um, And also like, you know, you graduate college, your friends go to different places. People have different priorities. Um, People have different plans. And I think in New York, especially, I've said this before, but if you want to see someone, you need to plan like a decade in the future because everyone's so busy that they probably have like two hours or like one night free a week that they could like make plans with you. And so like you're planning like two weeks out. And all that to say, it takes a lot of effort to see people. Like, Devin is, like, in my pinned conversations on my phone, and I see her, like, once a month. And, like, she's one of my best friends. Because in New York, it's so hard to plan to see people that you don't live with, who you aren't, like, in a predetermined group with, who live in your same area, who you're not dating. Like, it's hard. And so I think, like, you fall into what's convenient for you, especially when you live in New York. But really, like, post-grad in general, and you kind of have to push yourself to see your friends. And it teaches you who your real friends are, like, who the people that you truly want to see and you know prioritize and I think that was really big for me like I kind of figured out who I wanted to see and prioritize and all of that good stuff so that's kind of like my story of like the high school and college and post-grad with friends and then now um, I'm gonna like shout out to my friends so now I think my life is a lot different than a lot of my friends lives are you know my schedule is very different than theirs are and obviously I have um, content creator friends we're gonna talk about that because you guys were curious to see if those were actually authentic friends friendships but my circle has gotten a lot smaller and I was talking to Tinks about this actually I was like I feel a little lonely like I'm really overwhelmed because 
I was like, first of all, I tell my therapist this every week. I feel like I can't complain to anyone because I sound like an asshole because like my life is a dream life. And that is so true. I don't complain to my friends because or my I complain to my boyfriend. He lets me. But still, at the end of the day, I'm going to watch my words because I get up and make my own schedule. And he like I got a facial today for free. It was the, the best hour of my life. He got up and like grinded on Wall Street and he's sick right now and has a cold and his boss doesn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? So it's like I am not going to complain to my friends. I understand that their jobs and schedules are harder than mine and they're answering to people and I'm really not answering to any one but I have like unique issues and struggles that are going on in my life that they can't relate to just like I can't relate to their schedules and so that makes me feel isolated from them and it makes me feel lonely and there's no way to like describe that to them or for them to describe that to me because they don't probably think that and like I don't want them there's no there's nothing wrong I just feel like I can't relate to them and they can't relate to me in terms of our schedule and so I was talking to Tinks about that and just how I feel like you know, nervous or like, I feel like I'm not being a good enough friend because I don't have enough time to like give to all my individual friends. And she was like, honestly, I've just had to make my circle smaller. Like when I have time for lunch, I'm getting it with like my top five friends because like, of course I would love to catch up with so-and-so from college, but I don't have time. And I think it's about, you have to prioritize. And I think that that's something that we don't talk about in adulthood because it's not just me and it's not just content creators. It's everybody. Like your life becomes something very different when you're an adult from when you're in college. Like whenever I was visiting my brother and we had like a fun college day, I was like, damn, college is sick. Like all you do is like get up and fuck around with your friends and go to bed and like you maybe go to class. Like that is not adult life. And all of a sudden all of your priorities and you get preoccupied. And I think that you really have to like choose to make your circle smaller and decide like who aligns with your priorities. And that's really hard. And maybe that's not the story for everyone but it definitely is for me and I think I had trouble coming to terms with that you know like I Allie is like my best friend she lives in Chicago I talk to her every day my other best friend from so she's my best friend from college one of my best friends from high school is named Veronica she lives in London so I get to see her like twice a year so we FaceTime a lot that is a big chunk of time that I put toward FaceTiming her because I love her and I'm going to visit her in London so like I can't wait to see her and then Obviously, I live with Kelly and Rachel, who you guys probably know of. Kelly is my best friend from high school. Like, number one, she was in my grade. Veronica was a year below us. Veronica's, like, also a sister. Like, she low-key lived in my house. A long story. I'll do a podcast with her. You guys will die. She's hilarious. Kelly is, like, my best friend since I was, like, in the sixth grade. Like, we've been through everything together. And, of course, I have other high school friends who I keep in touch with but have not seen in, like, a year and a half who I love very much and, like, would give all my love to. And I also have New York friends who I haven't seen in months who I would give all my love to and love very much. But, like, you know, Kelly and Rachel are, like, so close to me. And then I have my J school friends from grad school. And that's – um you probably heard me call her Girl Avery because my boyfriend's name is Avery. She lives in California she's a photographer and then there's Sophie Sophie is like the busiest woman alive I'm also obsessed with her she's a Sagittarius there's Izzy and Macy I'm sure you've heard me talk about them Izzy has the dog Macy just moved here from Texas Macy's the one that's a wife and I love to be like took the wife out on the town her husband is unreal like might need to do a podcast episode with her husband like he's fucking phenomenal so like these are like my my friends from school that I'm like super super close to and like absolutely love and, and I see them once a week And then there's Devin, and Devin is, like, my best friend on the planet of Earth, like, in New York City. Like, I literally, I see her, and it feels like everything is, like, just how it was, even though we only see each other once a month, because she's a teacher, and it blows my mind every fucking day. And then I have these theater friends, like Michelle and Emma and Bruna and all these other people that did theater with me at Michigan, who I try to see, but it's so hard because their schedules are, as creatives, are similar to mine, kind of bouncing up and down. And it gets exhausting to the point where, like, I don't have enough time in a week to see all those people, even though, like, my one wish on the planet Earth is that I could. And I'm not saying that I prioritize some of these people over others of these people because I don't. I try to prioritize all of them and I would answer all of their calls. And if they ever needed anything, like, all of them would have my full support. But it gets to be a little exhausting where, like, it's really hard to 
give time to people and it makes me feel sad because I'm like, am I being a bad friend? And I think it's just like, we cannot expect in our adult lives to be giving 100% to our career and developing that 100% to ourselves, 100% to our family and our family life, 100% to like saving money and budgeting and also 100% to our friends. It's entirely unrealistic in our 20s that we could do that. It's just not a thing. And so I think that you have to give yourself grace with that because your friends understand because they're all going through the same thing and we just for some reason don't talk about it. Okay. So that's all of that. I want to now – oh, and yeah, a lot of people – like I was talking to Jenna um, Palak and I was talking to Bran and we were talking about that same thing of like how do you have the time? And I think it's just like a common thing that we all experience in our 20s and no one talks about like – you should not be expected to be able to give 100% to everyone. Like, you're going to overextend yourself. Like, your 20s are a time where you're trying to figure it out, not when you have it figured out. And we don't give ourselves that grace. Um, but now I'm going to get into, like, breaking some stuff down about friendships and friend groups um, and all of that. So, firstly, I, I guess you guys know I don't love the idea of a friend group. But I really think my reasoning is, like, I like to have intimate relationships with people. And I do have my, like, little New York City content creator friend group. Or rather, not content creator. My journalism school friends. And I also have a content creator friend group. Um, And that I would consider a friend group. But also, I have an intimate relationship with each and every one of them. And, like, Rachel and I, you could look at us and say, like, oh, Rachel's closer with these people and Eli's closer with these people. And we're fine with that. Like, we have developed intimate and beautiful relationships with each and every person in our little group. So it, it makes it less of a friend group and more like a group of people who all love each other, chilling and vibing and, like, I could go to dinner with Macy and like Rachel could go to dinner with Izzy and Izzy and Macy could go to dinner together. Like we don't all have to be in the same room at the same time for it to be a thing and like nobody gets jealous and angry. So I think like in that way, a friend group works. But in my high school situation, a friend group didn't work for me. I hated it. It was such a mess. I just fucking touched this mic again. It's going to be like, you guys are going to be like, are we underwater? Um, You know, friend groups didn't work for me back then. And I think it's okay. Like we put so much pressure on ourselves to have a friend group and be like best friends with everybody. But it's like, for me, that doesn't work. And it took me a long time to be like, okay, societally, we're supposed to have these friend groups. But like, I just want to have my intimate relationships. And I think I learned that a lot from my parents, because they don't have a friend group. They have like, a lot of couple friends. But I think their best friends are like my aunt and her husband and then my uncle and his wife. So like my dad's brother and my mom's sister, like those are their best friends. And like, that's fine. And like, I grew up watching that. And I think that that's why I'm so okay with this. But I hope that you guys can come to terms with being okay with it too. Because there was many times in college where I was like, I have one friend. And Allie and I would make this joke of like, so in Michigan, there's an upper peninsula and there's like a lake. And we make this joke of our parents calling and be like, are you going to go up to the lake? Like, do any of your friends have a boat? Like, what's the Violet. anyone have a lake house in Michigan and like the response would be like I have one friend and she's from Arizona like why would she have a boat why would she have a fucking lake house like we're not going to a lake house we don't have any friends um and it was like funny it was a funny joke but it was like a little bit rooted in reality where like I have one person that would literally die for me and that is so much more worthwhile than having 20 people who don't give a fuck about me so I think that's the first thing the second thing is that we don't hold friendships in the same light that we hold other relationships so for example we'll we'll go with romantic relationships so we look at romantic relationships as like oh well we could break up or like oh we said i love you we took this step we're gonna get engaged we're gonna get married you know but we look at romantic relationships as either they're gonna end in you know a breakup or they're going to end in marriage, but we don't look at friendships like that. We look at friendships like they're just going to continue on the same plane forever and that they're not allowed to change. And I think that's what saddens and frustrates us so much when, number one, if a friendship changed, number two, if your friendship to somebody else and your relationship to them changes, number three, if you lose a friend, if a friendship fizzles out, you know, we get so frustrated and upset about that in a way that we don't even get about a breakup because breakups – 
you know, we look at it as either ending or, you know, forever. And we don't look at friendships like that. And I think it's okay to look at friendships as like a thing that could end. Just like, you know, I'm in a relationship. I look at it as someone who I really want to be with. Like, I don't, you guys know, I don't, you know, plan for the future, but I look at it as today I do want to be with him forever. But I also know in the back of my head that we could break up. But with my best friend, we don't look at it like we could break up. And wouldn't it be so much better if we just took the pressure off and looked at friendships like they don't have to last forever? And I think the end result of a relationship doesn't have to be forever. It can be really good memories and really amazing lessons learned and something that you take away with you. It doesn't have to be like a forever thing. And I think, you know, as we change, like if you if you think about it, like you as a person is going to change. Like I'm not the same person that I was in the beginning of COVID. I'm not the same person I was in college. I'm not the same person I was in high school. There are people and so neither is Kelly, right? We'll use her as an example. Kelly's not the same person she was in high school, not the same person she was in college, not the same person that she was during COVID. We've both changed. Changed, but we've changed in ways that we've continued to mesh with one another. Our paths have continued to stick together as we've changed. That's a lucky serendipity. My path with other people from high school, we were together. We were best friends. We were so close. We're not anymore because the way we changed and grew, we grew out of one another. And that is equally as okay as me and Kelly still being so tight because as we grew and changed, we grew and changed together. And the way that I changed was super great for her and her life and the way that she changed was super great and awesome for my life and sometimes we grow and change and our friends grow and change and all of a sudden we're not working anymore and we have a whole flip out and we're breaking down and we're trying to shove a square into a circle and make something work that's never going to fit again and it's like well we used to be two circles but now I'm an oval and you're a square and what the fuck we're not going to fit together anymore and that's okay and I think that we we forget that you know it's the same thing in relationships like they say you love your partner in different ways at different times because you guys grow and change and it's about are you growing and changing in tandem is one person growing and changing going to the complete right and somebody is growing and changing to the complete left that results in a breakup you know we think that that's normal with relationships but not with friendships we just don't look at them in the same light and I think it's super unrealistic to expect your friendship with someone will change, uh, will not change, will stay the same. You know, I've had friendship breakups. Nobody talks about them, specifically for female friends. You know, my boyfriend, I watch him have beef with his friends and it's like, yo, dude, that wasn't cool. Yo, done. You know, and like women, it's the stereotypes of emotions and all these things. But I just think that our friendships are incredibly nuanced and they get incredibly deep. And I think that like female friendships can become soulmates. I do think of Allie and Veronica and Kelly and Rachel as my soulmates. You know, like I see them as soulmates and and I, I truly and honestly believe that they are. And I think that like, you know, uh, I'm not going to say that male straight male friendships aren't soulmate vibes. They certainly can be. But I think it's way more common for um, those of us who are super in touch with our femininity, people that feel um, that they have have like a feminine soulmate I think female friendships are just so special and nobody talks about when we do grow and change and a friend grows and changes and we don't grow and change together and we end up but you know friendship breaking up like growing out of our friendship and that's happened to me a few times for sure and I think it's sometimes on some level even happening right now and I think you know I treat that like a breakup like I I lost a friend that you know I don't even want to get into it because it's like personal and whatever but she was a very close person to me I still to this day love her more than anything in the world I just think that we grew and changed in different ways and we no longer are friends in the way that we once were but if she called me and said she needed help I would still drop anything there was no bad blood we just grew apart and I think that that's what's really isn't spoken about when you grow apart from somebody who maybe still runs in similar circles or still has similar friends or still lives in the same area and like it can be hard Heartbreaking, and I think you have to let it be heartbreaking. I don't think that you need to be okay. I think you're allowed to treat it like a breakup because it is one. And on some level, it might be even deeper than that.
you know, the only difference between our romantic relationships and our friendships is that we have sex with the people that we're dating and we're exclusive to them. But with friendships, we're not exclusive to them. And I think that that's where a lot of the, you know, struggle can come in and also a lot of jealousy can come in, which which we'll get to. But, you know, to me, I, I treated it like a breakup. Like I grieved that. I, I was really sad for a while. I cried about it. Sometimes I still do. And I think, you know, and, and there, I have had other friendship breakups and I've grown out of other friendships that weren't sad that like that. Just like I've had real romantic breakups that weren't sad like that, where I just got back on the horse and got back out there. And I think both are equally okay. You're allowed to feel things. You should feel everything, especially the hard things. Nobody's expecting you to feel 100% okay. And I think something that really helps me is that if you have a friendship breakup or falling out or you just grow you grow out of a friendship and other people had a similar experience, it's really helpful to talk to them about it, specifically female friends. You know, Kelly has been a really great person for that and, and Rachel too, they give wonderful advice. And I think that they, you know, they both experience similar things than to what I'm going through and we're able to talk about it together. So I do recommend like leaning on your other female friends and like sharing that with them because they probably experienced the same thing and nobody talks about it. Um, and yeah, like no, literally nobody talks about it about it um okay so i'm getting into all your questions now um oh yeah and the other thing i wanted to say you know it, it i i put a lot of pressure on myself because i am an empathetic individual i'm an empathetic person that i always think everyone's mad at me i, I always want everyone to like like me i always want to be like cool with my friends you don't need to handle each and every friendship at 200 percent every single day we have gas tanks, like we're made up of gas tanks. So like you have a gas tank for your romantic relationships, a gas tank for your familial relationships, a gas tank for your career, a gas tank for your, you know, school, a gas tank for your friendships, a gas tank for your best friend specifically, a gas tank for your mental health. You have all these tanks. And like when you have friends, their job is to fill up your tank so that you're not running on empty. But they shouldn't be overflowing your tank. You also can't rely on one friend to fill up all of those different tanks. You need to be getting your energy and compassion, and I think energy is the best word, from all those different things. So you have your friend gas tank, and your friends are expected to fill that up, but you have lots of friends that can fill that up. All they have to do is make sure you're not running on E, right? Like, And yes, we want to feel overflowed with love and energy, but we don't have to feel that way every single day. And I promise you that your friends, as long as you're filling it up a little bit and they're not running on E, don't need that from you every single day. And if you feel like you can't be a great friend to someone that week, I really recommend being like, I'm MIA this week. I love you so much. If you need something and it's desperate, call me. I will send you TikToks. And on Friday, I'm all yours. Like, I recommend just being upfront with people because it, it'll make you feel better as the anxious person. It'll make them feel better as the friend, you know, and that's great. Okay. So now we're going to get into your questions. The first one, how do I make friends in adult life? Okay, guys, I always say Bumble BFF and I mean it and I'm, I'm very, very honest about that. It was created for this very reason. Get on it. Make a profile like you're dating. The only difference is you're not going to sleep with the person and you're not exclusive to them, meaning you can make more friends. The worst case scenario if you're on Bumble BFF is that you meet your best – or your, the best case scenario is that you meet your best friend. The worst case scenario is that you go out with a group of people and you're like, I just don't fuck with this and then you find someone else. Why would you not pursue that? in fear of the worst case scenario when the best case scenario is meeting your best friend. That's the first way. The second way, join my Facebook group. It's linked to my Instagram all the time, but if you need it, just DM me. It's um, all, it's like over 2,000 people introducing themselves from different places. I've even seen people from like London and Perth coming in and there's a success story. Two girls met another girl in the group, all from, all living in New York, all from different places. And they started hanging out, loved each other, booked a fucking trip to France and went to Paris together. And literally 
sent me a selfie from the Louvre being like, we met in the Facebook group. Like those are, that's your bridesmaids. Like meet them however you need to meet them, but use the Facebook group to your advantage. It's great. And then the third way to make friends. Okay. I did this the other night and I'm so, I am, I can't believe I haven't shared this yet. So I was, I went to an event alone yesterday because I just had to go there and I didn't know how long it was going to take. And it was randomly at 4.30. So I couldn't bring any of my friends. I couldn't bring any creative friends. And also it was a, a vagina event. So I was like, I don't even know who wants to come to this. I was like, fuck it. It's at 4.30. It's not going to last until nine. It's going to last until whenever 4.30 ends. So I go to the event. I get there. I don't recognize anyone. Eventually some people came that I recognize, but I'm like, oh shit. So I have to talk to people. So I'm like trying to figure out how to do this. And I get super anxious approaching people. I get super anxious when I'm alone in an event because I feel like people think that I'm alone. Like they're looking at me like she's alone, which they're not. Um, and I'm like wandering around and I see this like friendly looking girl with a guy I presumed was gay. I was correct. And like, I mean, he was at the vagina event. So um, not that a straight man couldn't have been there, but it just didn't seem likely because it was all women and gay men. So I go up to them at the bar and I go, you guys look so familiar. Have I seen you around? They did not look familiar. I did not know them. I did not know them. Then I started talking to them. They were great. She worked in like fashion and beauty. He worked in fitness. We went out to dinner and drinks after the event. Like we sat together at the event, had a great time. And then they were like, we kind of want to go have an Aperol spritz outside. Like you down to come? I was down. I went. He was going on a date after. I like sent him to a cool bar. We made a group chat. We're going to go to spin class. Like I don't make a lot of new friends. Like you guys know my vibe. Like I'm like I'm a little socially awkward. I'm a little introverted. But I was like, that is a great way to make friends. You just approach people and say, you look so in- you look so familiar. Have I seen you before? And either they're going to be like, no. What? Or they're going to be like, no, but like, where do you live? Like, what do you do for work? And then all of a sudden you're going to strike a conversation. So that's an amazing way. Okay, next one. What do you do when the vibe is off with a friend? I think don't. It's not always about you. And it's so hard to get yourself there because my brain goes to like, this is about me. This is my fault. Like, it's it's me. Like, ah, you know, that's where my brain goes. Without a shadow of a fucking doubt, every single time my brain goes to, oh, my God, this is about me. The vibe is off and it's my fault. It probably isn't. And I've learned that, you know, if somebody is, if your roommate is like having a stressful day and they seem a little quiet and you come in the room and you're like, what did I do? All of a sudden you're spiraling, thinking of the last 30 things you said. No, I'm sure it's not about you. So number one, it's probably not about you. But number two, if you're still spiraling, just be like, hey, are you okay? How easy is that? Either they're going to be like, no, I'm so stressed with work, I'm blah, 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 blah. Then you find out. Or, no, the guy that I went on a date with told me that he's not interested. Or they're going to be like, yeah, I'm fine, why? And you're going to be like, oh, that's weird. And you're going to be like, did I do anything? And then maybe you did something and they can tell you and you can talk about it. Always open up a dialogue. Okay, how to handle friend arguments. Um, the person said over text or in person. I am team in person always. I just think I've gotten into one argument ever with Allie. We we had to remedy it over the phone and text because we were long distance at the time. It was a summer and it was harder for us to move past it because we remedied it over the phone. And when I saw her in person for the next time going back to school, everything was totally great and amazing again. But I wish that we could have talked it out um, like not over the phone because that's bad. So always in person. Okay. Let's see. Okay. We did friendship breakups, making friends in college. Okay, so the best way to make friends in college is to join clubs and groups. And again, just go up to people. Also, in college, I would always envy the girl that would turn to the girl next to you, who sometimes was me, and be like, hey, I'm Sophie. What's your name? That is so easy. If anyone ever thought that that was weird, that she turned to me and said, hi, I'm Sophie. What's your name? That person is weird. Like, 
It is not weird to introduce yourself to someone. How do you think people met before there was phones and like even like clubs and shit? They would just go up to each other like cavemen's and like bump knuckles or whatever. I don't know. But like we weren't meant to be creatures like we're on our phones, like, you know, making internet friends, which is great. You should make internet friends. That's like what it's for safely. But what I'm saying is it's a very human and natural thing to go up to someone and be like, hey, what's your name? And they're going to tell you and then maybe you'll get into a conversation. Maybe that'll end up being your best friend. Okay. Balancing your friends with your boyfriend. Okay, there's a lot about this, so we're going to get into it. So my first thing is that I absolutely hate, I hate it when your friend gets a boyfriend and all of a sudden she's trying to integrate him into the group. Don't do that. Don't do that and don't let your friends do that. You would never, so let's just say, we're going to make up names. This is easier. Let's just say I had a friend named Meg and she had a boyfriend named Nate. I would not be friends with Nate if Meg wasn't dating him. And Obviously, it's different if the guy was in your friend group before. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying she starts dating a guy she met on a dating app. She starts dating a guy she met out. Or she starts dating a guy that you know, but he's not your friend. I was not friends with Nate. I do not need to be friends with Nate. You do not need to be friends with your friend's boyfriends. I cannot stress it enough that it's not what they're there for. Meg is dating Nate. I hope Nate treats Meg well. I want to vibe with Nate. I want to be friendly with Nate. If we have a party, I want Nate to come. I want to chill with him. If we go out and we're doing guys and girls and it's not just a girl's night, I want Nate to come. Nate doesn't have to be in the group chat. Nate's not coming to the, the, the friends giving. Nate's not coming to the girls' night out. If it's Meg's birthday, I hope I see Nate at the party. I like Nate. He's cool. We should aspire to our friends liking our boyfriends. Our friends don't need to be friends with our boyfriends. Our friends don't want to be friends with our boyfriends. They don't. So stop putting that pressure on yourself. Also, if your friends don't like, I, I, this is another thing. If you, so let's just say you're friends with Meg and you hate Nate and Nate is not emotionally or physically abusing Meg and Nate is not a bigot. Nate is just a person that you don't like for whatever reason. It doesn't matter because it doesn't concern you. And I hate to give tough love, but if you just don't like him, like, what do I do? I don't like my friend's boyfriend. Okay. You probably only have to see him at birthday parties and pregames. Just be polite and avoid him. Like, he's not your boyfriend. And if she keeps asking you over and over, you can be like, listen, like, he's not my favorite, but like, he's you're dating him and you seem happy and that's all that matters to me. All that matters to you when your friends have a boyfriend is that they are being treated well and that's it. That's it. That they're being treated well and that they're still the same friend to you. That's all that matters. You're not supposed to like your friend's boyfriend's like BFFL, put me in the group chat. No, I talk about this all the time. So by balancing it, you have to prioritize your friends. You know, like at the end of the day, your friends were there first. You have to prioritize them. I get it. You know, we get a boyfriend and all of a sudden our schedule clogs up with seeing our boyfriend and blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden we're spending all of our time with him. I understand. But you have to prioritize your friends. What I do is I see my boyfriend on the weekends when it fits into our friend schedules and one weeknight a week. So I spend all the other weeknights with my roommates and with my girlfriends and whatever else. And then on the weekends, I make plans with my girlfriends and my friends. And I make sure that there's social things that my boyfriend could either come to, that his friends and my friends could hang out at, that I could go to my friend's pregame and then pop over and go out with my boyfriend's friends, that I could not see my boyfriend on Friday night but still crash at his, come over to his late night. And then we spend Saturday all day together. And then I go to my friend's birthday party you know I balance it so that he is a priority but he's not the priority because your friends will resent you now if all of a sudden your friends seem to be you know pulling back because they have a new boyfriend first of all 
It makes sense. If you had 100% of your friend before, you're probably going to get 80% of her now because she's going to be giving some attention to her boyfriend or partner or girlfriend. That's just natural, right? But if you see that, like, you really don't see her at all anymore, you can say something like, don't be like, you never come out with us. Don't accuse her because that doesn't work with anyone. Be like, we miss you. Like, lead it with that. Be like, we're so happy for you about Nate. Nate is great. (laughs) but we miss you. Like, we want to see you. We want to hang out with you. We want to be a part of your life. Like, can we do a girls' night soon? Propose an idea. You know, and it's hard, but everyone has to go through that, and it sucks. Um, Okay, yeah, and that's what you do when your friend only hangs out with her boyfriend. And then if she doesn't, if she's not receptive, fine. Maybe that's not a friend. And that's when you have to start saying maybe we're growing out of that then. Maybe she realized, and maybe she'll come back crawling to me when, when, when it ends, and I have to decide whether or not that that's worth it to me. I think it's situational. Okay. So, how to distinguish between an alley, which is what I use term for, like, twin flame or soulmate friend, and just a great friend. So, for me, I I think you just know. Like, I – when I met her, I was like, oh, yeah, this is the one. You know, it was almost similar to, like, meeting my boyfriend when I was like, yeah, this feels like it's it. I was just like, this girl's it. And, like, eventually we started saying it to each other. Like, that's the other thing. Like, we'll literally be like, I would die for you. Like, if she, we'd always say, if you transferred out of Michigan, I'm leaving. We'd always say, I, I would literally be like, if you died, like, I would never get out of bed again. Like, I don't want to be on this earth without you. Like, it's that dire. Like, she's my literal person. Like, every, we have our own language. Like, we're, people would literally hang out with us. I mean, like, it's impossible to hang out with you guys. I never know what you're saying. We're like, we know, we're amazing. Like, <laughs> I mean, to, to ourselves we are. So I think it's that. like, and, it, and it's okay to not have that right away. I think that those people can come into your life at so many different like seasons. Like that person can come into your life. Like my mom has a best friend that's like that and they met when they were like 40. Like it's – you have to take different friendships at different times in your life for different reasons. And you can't force meeting like an alley soulmate best friend just like you can't force meeting a boyfriend. Okay. So someone asked about going out, and I wanted to take a moment for this. So I think it's also okay if you have different friends for different reasons. Like, if you have some friends that you just see around alcohol, like you just see them when you go out, you just see them at big birthday parties, you just see them at pregames, that's okay. You don't need to be going to a bookstore and talking about your attachment style with that friend in the way that you would your best friend. You can have friends for different settings. Like, in college, I had, like, my friends at the newspaper, and we would, like, go to the newspaper and, like, do the newspaper, and then we'd go out. And I had my theater friends, and we'd be, like, creating theater together and we go to theater parties together but I wasn't seeing them at the same bars that I was out with at like Allie in my senior year house like different friends for different things is totally okay and sometimes you're gonna have your going out friends and you're gonna have your forever friends you're gonna have your you know yoga class friend that you take your yoga class with also another great way to meet people exercise classes um it's okay to put friends like to have friends in different boxes or if you see friends that continuously kind of exclude you and make you feel mad but like they're still your friend and they're still around like that doesn't need to be a forever friend like you can box them like they can be separate not every friend needs to be your best friend. And I was recently talking to, about this on TikTok, but if you've been getting excluded by your friends, and I'm not saying, because I was getting so many comments on this video, like, well, what if I just don't like someone and I don't want to invite them to my birthday party? Like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this is your friends. Like, you have five friends. This is your friends. And four of them go out to dinner and don't invite you. Or you're at work and all your coworkers get drinks and you see it on Instagram stories and you didn't get invited and you didn't do anything and nobody doesn't like you. Or... There's a big birthday pregame and everybody from your college friend group gets invited except for you and it's not because the person doesn't like you. People exclude other people to feel more included 
and they very often exclude the person that they see as the most successful or the happiest because they think that you're fine without them. And people were commenting like, oh, girl, this isn't it. Like, you just think that you're successful and that's why you're getting excluded. I was like, I'm not saying I get excluded. I don't give a fuck. I don't even go out. I'm saying when people intentionally exclude, when you have four roommates and you guys all hang out normally as a group and one night you get home from work and they're all getting ready to go out and telling you about their night and they don't invite you, they are excluding you intentionally so they themselves feel more included about their insecurities and they chose to do it to you because they probably see you thriving in some way and they might be jealous. Now, on the concept of jealousy, it's okay to be jealous of friends. Like I, jealousy is a thing. It's a human emotion. I always tell myself and I tell people this all the time, I'm pretty good with jealousy. When I start disliking a woman specifically for no reason, I ask myself, it, do I not like her because she did something? Is she bigoted? Is she rude? Is she mean? Did she hurt someone that I love? Did she hurt me? Or do I not like her because I'm jealous of her? And we're taught so often to see audacious, opinionated, loud women as things in society that are wrong, that we're not supposed to like. So I didn't, do I not like her because I'm jealous of her? I'm, am I jealous of her ability to be herself? I think it's actually really okay and, and cool of you to be like, I'm jealous of you. Like, I think it's okay to say that to a friend, like, damn, I'm so jealous that you get to do this stuff because it kind of mitigates your need to resent them. And being self-aware about people that you're jealous of really changes the mindset. So for me, when I'm jealous of a friend or a person I know, and it happens to me with other content creators, if I'm jealous of them, I don't ask myself like, ugh, why doesn't that person deserve what they have? I ask myself if I want that so badly and I'm like green with envy over it, how can I work harder so I can get it too? And maybe it's luck, maybe it's privilege that they have those things um, or whatever. Maybe it's luck or privilege that I have those things. But I ask myself, like, not why don't they deserve it? But how can I also have something similar if that's what I want? If I want to have, you know, a success on X. I think my podcast was one of them. You know, I was jealous of other people that have bigger podcasts because I felt like I was also doing a podcast, but I wasn't working as hard as they were. I wasn't prioritizing as much time as I was, as they were. And so I stopped being jealous. And instead I said, you need to work harder on your podcast than if you want it to grow. Because if you want to have that, you're not going to be jealous of them and ask why them and not you. You're going to say, why not also me? And that I think is so important with friends because we're allowed to be jealous of them, but we can't resent them for it. And we have to be self-aware about it. Okay. We're going, we're going, we're going. All right. Outgrowing friends. We did that. Okay, feeling taken for granted or used as a butt of a joke in a friend group. This is a big one. If you are feeling taker, taken for granted in your friend group or you feel like you're always the comedic relief and the butt of the joke and you can never be taken seriously, I think you really need to tell your friends. And I, I watched a friend go through this experience with someone else where, like, a friend brought up to their group, like, I feel taken for granted and I feel like I'm just used as the butt of the joke all the time and it's so frustrating and sad for me. That is so okay to say because your friends probably don't realize it because everybody's selfish. You have to remind yourself everybody's selfish. They might be doing it intentionally, in which case they're bad friends and you would rather be alone than have a bunch of bad friends. But they probably are going to be like, damn, I'm really sorry. You're just really funny and we enjoyed like bantering with you, but we're going to take you more seriously because we feel really bad. Like I guarantee you if you feel either taken for granted or you feel like you're always the butt of the friendship joke, they will 100% just be like, yeah, fucking yeah, we're so sorry. And, and also, if they didn't say that and they didn't make you feel better, you would rather have one good friend than 20 friends that make you feel like shit every time you go out because you can make more friends. You know, there's a lot of freaking people on this earth and it's quality over quantity always. Okay. Boyfriend in the apartment with the roommate who's also the best friend. Okay. I do believe that you should give your friends a heads up when you live with them if someone's coming over. I understand if you are the apartment that your boyfriend sleeps at for the most often, but you have a common space. You might share a bathroom. 
I think you should just give a heads up in your roommate group chat or if you just have one roommate, hey, I I have my boyfriend staying over tonight. That's so easy. I think that's polite and respectful because the person was asking me about like what to do about that kind of situation. Now, my boyfriend doesn't have to do that because his the way his apartment's laid out, it's front door. The first door when you walk in is his door and there's a bathroom in there. And so I scarcely ever leave his room when I'm there. And if we are, if I am going to, like, watch the game with them, watch a movie with them, if we're doing, like, let's, like, they want to, like, get high and watch something, like, if that's, like, the vibe for the night, then he will say, Eli's going to come, is that chill? Or if we're, like, going to get food and hang out and have a night in, it's always Eli's going to come, is that chill? But when it's just one-on-one me there with him, he usually doesn't tell them. But I tell my roommates because we share a bathroom. And... To get to my room, he has to walk past all the other rooms, and it's scary to hear a male voice in your all-female apartment in New York City. Or see a male shadow walking to your fucking bathroom and not know. So always tell your roommates that your boyfriend's coming over. That's a big one. Okay. Okay, we're almost to the end. Male-female friendships. Can they work? Straight male-female friendships. Yes and no. So yes, they can. But to me, they can only work when both one or both parties has been like, should we should we hook up? And then they either try to and it's awful or they're like, no. Like they have to reject each other for it to be a true pure friendship. Otherwise, I feel like the sexual tension will come out. And I think like if you're a girl and your boyfriend has a lot of friends that are girls, like I would just like make sure that you're the number one. Make sure no one's stepping on your toes. Like keep an eye out. I'm not saying to villainize these women. Never do that. Don't ever villainize girls. Also, if a girl is flirting with your boyfriend and he's reciprocating, that's on him, not on her. If a boy, if a if your boyfriend cheats on you with a girl, that's on him, not her. We never blame the women around here. We don't blame them. We blame him unless he was taken advantage of. But you know what I'm talking about. So, um, yeah, I think I think a lot of times you just have to ask your boyfriend, like, have you guys ever tried anything? Like if, if he has a girl friend that you're super threatened by and you feel like there might be tension there. Just like keep an eye out. Don't be crazy, but just kind of like take scope of the environment. You know what I'm talking about? Like – I think it can't they can be friends, but it has to be a situation where they've rejected each other. And probably, probably if two people are purely platonically friends and they're male, female, straight friendship, they probably have tried to hook up and had sex and rejected each other. And that's why they're able to be such good friends. Okay. Hooking up with friends, exes, don't do it. If you do that, that's not a friend move. You're not their friend. If someone does that to you, you're not their friend either. And that's just all I'm gonna say on that. Influencer friendships. Are they real? Are they fake? So I'm sure you guys see that like I'm out and about in the city with a ton of people and, you know, everybody's around at these events and posting with each other. If you see me one-on-one posting with like Jazz or like Carly or Audrey or like Davis or trying to think of who else, Harry, like those people are my friends. Like if I'm one-on-one getting dinner with someone, that's my friend. I just left out a shitload of people, but you know what I mean. At these events, nobody has ever been mean to me everyone's nice like it's imagine it's business like if someone's gonna be rude and mean like I've definitely seen influencers bigger ones than even in the group that I am around be rude and mean but if someone's gonna be rude and mean they're getting a reputation they're not gonna get invited to things they're not gonna be able to level up their career because everyone's gonna know the truth about their personality so nobody's gonna be like 
no one's going to be rude or mean. I've definitely had people not give me the time of day before. I've definitely watched people start giving me the time of day more if I've grown more followers or got verified on Instagram or what have you. I've never, though, experienced someone be directly rude and mean to my face in a way that I would, like, walk away and be like, damn, that was rough. You know what I mean? I've never had that experience. And, like, yes, a lot of these friendships are real. My friendship to Harry is a real friendship. Like, my friendship to Carly Weinstein and Audrey, those are real friendships. My friendships to Brooke, Mikio, and Danielle, real friendships. Like, I have their phone numbers. I text them. Like, my friendship to Jazz and and Alexis and Sidonia are real friendships. Like, you know, these people, like, I'm trying to think of who else, like, that I'm around often. And then I have acquaintances, Davis, real friendship. Like these people, like I truly, Kenneth, like I truly know them. I'm truly friends with them. Like Ruby, I'm sure you guys see me post with Ruby a lot. She's always around. Like she's a real friend of mine. I've met them through influencing, but they're real friends of mine. And I'm, I'm missing people. I'm leaving people out, but there are a ton of people that I feel like I'm like actually truly friends with that aren't just like purely for show, purely for being an influencer. And I think a lot of people are going to say the same thing if you ask them, like, There are just so, so many amazing and wonderful people out there that I've connected with that I have become like truly friends with. And there are so many people that I've become truly acquaintances with and nobody's ever been mean to me. And like, I will tell you the truth on that. Um, Okay, the last thing that we're going to talk about is when a friend starts dumping on you and venting all over you and you can't handle it because you have your own stuff going on slash if you feel the need to do this. Number one, be in therapy. Always be in therapy. Therapy is king. We love therapy. Number two. If a friend starts, like, dumping all over you and, like, spiraling and, like, being, you know, so, like, oh, you know, like, blah, blah, blah. If a friend is doing that to you and you can't handle it and they're going to therapy or not going to therapy and you just don't think it's working, you are allowed to set boundaries. You have to set boundaries to protect friendships and keep them alive, right? You have to. So what I would do is if you see this as a pattern and your friend is dumping all over you and, like, you're in your work day and it seems so just, like, You can't believe that this person is like sending you 20 voice memos and like doing all this shit and making you spiral. I think you have to say something like, hey, I hear you. I don't have time to listen to all this right now because I'm super busy with my work day. I want to be there for you, but I'm not going to be a good friend to you right now if I listen to this and give you advice. I hope you understand. I love you. On Saturday, I'm going to free up. I'm down to talk it all out then. If something's an emergency, let me know if you need something. Please know how much I love you, but I just don't have the bandwidth and I don't want to be a bad friend. Blame it on yourself. Blame it on the like, I'm worried about being a bad friend if I answer this right now because that person's going to understand. And also the little tiny boundaries that you end up setting are going to become bigger ones and then they're going to understand that they shouldn't be venting all over you because you simply don't have the bandwidth. And this goes back to the very thing of that friends cannot expect 100% of us in our 20s. We cannot expect 100% from our friends. You're getting a lot of different gas in a lot of different tanks. You know, they have one tank. We talked about that. You have to expect that your friends are there for you and that your friends love you, but they're not 100% emotional support for you as you're not 100% emotional support for them. Nobody can expect that. And we need to remember how tough our 20s can be and that our friends are great resources for us and amazing things to rely on, but they're not our end-all be-all. They can't be. We need therapy. We need our romantic connections. We need our familial connections. We need our career. We need all these different things in our 20s. We need budgeting and figuring out our finances and like being an adult. And it's okay to feel a little lonely and isolated like I said I was feeling. Like I'm kind of freaking out because I'm like, okay, well, I was gone all last week, literally from Wednesday to Sunday. Came back. Now I'm leaving on Friday. I'm gone from Friday to Thursday. So that's great. And then when I come back, let's see what date it's going to be when I come back. And let's talk this through. Okay, so I come back on the 24th. So I'm here. I have a ton of events, blah, 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 blah. I leave on the 7th. I'm gone until the 16th. Um, When I get back, we're trying to sell my book and close by the end of May. So I'm probably going to be a ghost. I'm going to Providence to speak at Brown on the 24th and 25th. And then after that, I'm going to the Michigan graduation on May 1st. 
And then I'm going to the UT graduation with Ali and Roman because his cousin goes there and Avery because his brother goes there. And then I'm going to the Cornell graduation. So I'm probably not going to see any of my friends until June. Like I'm gone every weekend. But that doesn't mean that they're not my friends anymore. Like they understand because their 20s are fucking crazy too. And they're traveling too. And like Rachel has her family in this weekend. You know, like Kelly's seeing a Broadway show with her boyfriend. Like Macy's boyfriend or Macy's husband, Jesus Christ, is doing pilot training. And when he comes back, she's going to want to spend time with him. Like we all have our own shit going on and we all understand that. So remember to take grace. Remember to be communicate with your friends. And remember to join my fucking Facebook group if you want to make friends. Because that's how you're going to make friends in 2022 going into the spring. Okay, that was like a really long winded way of saying that everything's going to be fine and I think I just convinced myself that everything's going to be fine (laughs) I hopefully convinced you guys too um we're going to try to get this one out as soon as possible I love you guys give yourselves a hug sleep stay in bed till 8 30 tomorrow if you can listen to my new playlist it's out on Spotify it's called edging spring tomorrow it's going to be 72 fucking degrees go have an Aperol spritz outside take a deep breath I love you and I will see you next week thank you guys so much for listening